This episode of She Explorers is brought to you by Smartwool. Autumn is here, which means more variable temperatures all over the country, which is where base layers come in. Smartwool's Merino 250 base layers are 100% merino wool to help keep you dry and just the right temperature. And as you'll hear from my teammate Laura later in this episode, they're pretty darn cute too. Smartwool wants to share their love of the outdoors with more people, which is why they make performance clothes that uncomplicate your adventures. Because they know that being too wet or cold or hot can get in the way while you're out there, whether it's accomplishing big goals, soaking up the mental and physical benefits, or making new friends. Learn more at smartwool.com. Go far, feel good. This episode of She Explores is also brought to you by Steo. Steo was founded to inspire connection with the outdoors through beautiful, functional products infused with mountain soul. Born and based in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, the mountain lifestyle inspires the apparel Steo creates, whether it's to optimize your favorite outdoor activity or just to remind you of the good times you had in the backcountry. Stay tuned for later in the episode. I'll talk with Steo employee Liz Barrett about how she and her coworkers embrace the mountain lifestyle. Learn more and get 25% off your purchase by going to steo.com and using code EXPLORE at checkout. That's S-T-I-O.com and a whole 25% off by using code EXPLORE at checkout. I'm Gail Straub, and you're listening to She Explores. The Navajo people, one of our teachings is you, you get up early so you can greet the sunrise and that you run towards it. That's one of the teachings, which I never really understood. But now that I do that, I'm like, ah, this makes sense. You know, this makes sense now. This is Verna Volker. Verna is Diné, or Navajo. She's a mother of four and days away from running a 50-mile ultra run. She started running after having her second child 12 years ago. This episode and our conversation is about her journey as a runner and how it's underlined her resilience as a person. It's also about how Verna's bringing together Native women by uplifting their running journeys, too. As we often do on the show, I had Verna start at the beginning. I grew up in an area in the northwest corner of New Mexico. The area is called, in Navajo, it's called Tzisna'odisli. It's by a mountain called Horfano Mountain, which is one of the four sacred mountains of the Navajo people. It means people surrounding the mountain. That's what it means, Tzisna'odisli. When I was a child, I remember just being outdoors a lot. And, you know, among the sagebrush, among the canyons, always playing with like the dirt, making like mud, mud cakes, whatever. (laughs) I think back to when I was a child where my siblings and I, because I'm the youngest of 10, we would build these like little huts out of sagebrush in like where we lived because where we grew up was very like isolated. Now, when I think about that, I'm like, so (laughs) I can't believe I did that, especially with like rattlesnakes around. I'm like, there's no way (laughs) I would let my kids kids do that today, you know. But, you know, it was just kind of one of those things that you grew up doing. And just when I go home, it's like I when I smell like uh, the sagebrush or like the earth around, it just it takes me back to that time when I was like a little girl. 
it still feels like home. It's still home to you. Yes, it, it definitely is. And I think because I left home, I left home when I was a teenager, there's just something about like going back. My kids, you know, they grew up in the city and for them to go home to like where I grew up, it makes them realize that, wow, mom, you grew up here. And it's good for them to see like where I grew up and for them to experience those sights and those smells of what I grew up. And I always remind them when we're home, that smell or, you know, looking at this canyon, this is what I saw as a child. So I hopefully that sinks into them so that someday they will come back to that, you know, when I'm gone. The youngest of 10 kids among the sagebrush, Verna would run around and not think a lot about it. Just playing outside, um, we didn't have the distractions of what kids have today. And as a family who grew up in poverty, you just learn to use your time or use what you have, your resources to play with, you know, like the dirt, the rocks or the sagebrush. That was just our life. Verna and her siblings were taught an appreciation for the land around them, too. My father passed when I was really young, and he was a, a very hard worker. And he, we grew up in a hogan, which is the traditional Navajo home. She cut out for a second there, but she said hogan, a Navajo home. My dad built that. And the area that my family has land on, we were always taught to respect it, like never throw trash on it, just take care of it. And I just remember my dad always ingraining that in us and even just to respect it. And I think just because, too, my dad was such a hard worker, you know, just seeing his example of him working out in the land was what we were shown. Verna's running journey picks up again long after college, after she met her husband and after having their second child. I was always an athlete. I played like high school basketball, volleyball, but I remember hating the conditioning part <laughs> of those sports. Um, so I just hated running and I kind of did it on and off like in college, just a little bit here and there, but it wasn't like something I ever thought oh, I want to do this more. And then I had my second child, and he was, I think, a little over a year. And uh, he, there was like a local race in the town that we lived in, in 2007. I remember it was only like a 2.1-mile race. When I was running that race, I remember seeing the people who were running the five-miler their sign that says, keep going. And I remember I had to turn around and I kept thinking to myself, how could anybody run five miles? <laughs> you know, like that's crazy. And so I finished that 2.1 mile race. And I have this photo that I share sometimes where I just literally was in pain. I was hot. I hated it. 
And so from there, I just kind of started running these little 5Ks, but it wasn't a huge deal. Like I just couldn't, I didn't love it. The love came later. Flash forward five more years and Verna's had her third son. She's not in what she considers to be great shape, and she's feeling pretty disconnected from her body and the outdoors. Verna and her husband moved to Minneapolis and hadn't quite settled in yet. Her life is full of transition and mothering, but she had no time for herself. She ended up taking solace in food. I just remember, like, using food to, like, make things better. And, you know, it's like I have three little boys. It's like I have no time to exercise. I just got to make it every day. So then I noticed that as once we got into a house, I noticed that there was a big running culture here in Minneapolis. And there was a lot of a really nice trail system. And so March of 2009, I just started to just, I wanted to run. And my sister was in town and we just did a little, like, I don't think it was like even a mile loop. And that day I was like, I'm going to start running. And I just started running. And then I had no idea about the running terms. People, when they start running, there's all about pace and intervals and and all these like terms that I had no clue about. I was like, and I just remember, I thought, okay, well, let's try a half marathon. And I just remember not training for that marathon. I think my longest run for that half marathon was like eight mile was my longest training run. But I mean, I was clueless. I did finish that race and I felt good. And I thought, wow, I really actually like this. And from there, it went from like, you know, I ran more of like half marathons and then I started to lose weight and slowly the weight started to drop and confidence started to build. So I started to think about maybe running a marathon, which I did. And then I started running more marathons. <laughs> and from there, just feeling more like confident as a runner and learning more about what it's about. It became not only to lose weight, but something to just help me release my stress. In the last two years, it's become even more than stress release. Verna's running longer and longer distances. There was injury, there was health issues just through this whole like journey of mine. And then 2018, I decided, you know, I started running 50 Ks, which is 31 mile races. And then last year I started training for my biggest run, which is a 50 miler. Um, and then last year, my first, the 50 miler race that I was supposed to run in April was canceled due to a snowstorm in April <laughs> here in Minnesota. So, and then that went from like my second attempt, which, which was an injury. And so now in like 10 days, I will actually finally be running this 50 mile race. So yeah, it's been such a journey from like not running anything and hating running to uh, realizing that I have this, I actually found this resilience that I didn't, maybe I had this whole time, but realizing it in the last like two years, like, wow, I can actually do this. I can actually run longer miles, you know, because running isn't just a physical, it's really, it's mental because you're training your mind to run longer distance. So, so yeah, that's, that's my journey. We'll hear more from Verna after this. 
Stia was found to inspire a connection with the outdoors through beautiful, functional products infused with mountain soul. Based in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, Stia is a company that lives its values from the top down. I talked with Liz, who works in marketing at Stio, about how she and other CEO employees blend the outdoors with their workdays. Case in point, their CEO loves skiing. Well, from the very first day that he started Stio, he championed the powder clause. For those of you who don't know what that term is, it's a clause that we have in our employment contracts that states, if it snows 10 inches in 24 hours, then we all go ski. That's honestly like pretty much the coolest thing I've ever heard for a company to instate. Liz shared a great mindset that she and her coworkers have that helps reframe how you can think about a workday. Well, for all the fun that we have, we do really work hard. In order to balance my days, I make a point to get outside as much as I can because I just know that's what I need. And actually, around the office, we have this term, we like to call it the five to nine, because when you think about it, there are a lot of hours between 5 p.m. and 9 a.m. And when you want to fit the outside into your days and you're in a position in your life that you're able to do so, I think you just make a point to do it. Steel lives in pursuit of the mountain lifestyle by building it into the everyday. Learn more and get 25% off your purchase by going to stio.com and using code EXPLORE at checkout. That's S-T-I-O.com and a whole 25% off by using code EXPLORE at checkout. Fall is here and Smartwell has your base layers covered. Their Merino 250 base layers are made with 100% Merino wool to help keep you dry and just the right temperature. I talked with Laura Hughes, host of our sister show, Women on the Road, who tested Smartwool's Merino 250 base layers in Moab. It feels like base layer season. Is it starting to get chilly where you are? Yeah, there's actually been a cold front coming through Utah right now. So everybody's talking about getting bundled up and it has definitely had me putting on some extra layers. (laughs) It's super important to layer when we spend time outside, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that way you're not getting yourself into a situation where you don't have any other layers to take off or any other ones to put on. So layers means options. How do you like the Smartwool Merino 250 base layers? I wore mine recently at night, um, actually at the Women on the Road campout just outside of Moab. And I tend to get sweaty sometimes in my sleeping bag and then you get cold first thing in the morning. And that didn't happen at all because the Merino wool keeps you super dry. Take it from Laura, Smartwool makes thermoregulating, pack-friendly base layers that help keep you fresh and dry, whether you're sleeping in a sleeping bag at a camp out or hiking in the mountains. Learn more at smartwool.com. Go far, feel good. And you know, anywhere is beautiful, but in Minnesota having the four seasons has been really something that I look forward to every year. We're back with Verna. Running has helped her gain resilience, and it's also helped reinforce her relationship with weather and the elements we encounter in the outdoors. I run in all sorts of weather. I, I run even during the wintertime in the snow. I run through freezing temperatures where my eyelashes are frosted and I'm wearing a face mask. And I love that. I love running in snow. It is this connection to me of just being out in nature and 
because here in Minnesota, it's easy to, especially during the wintertime, you want to stay indoors. So it really pushes me outdoors, even to the point where, you know, I have yak tracks that I put on my running shoes and just wear a lot of layers when I'm out there. Over time, when Verna switched from road races to trail running and ultra running, she got to let go of paying too much attention to her pace. It became about being out there. Almost two years ago, Verna started an Instagram account called Native Women Running to encourage other Native women to get out there too. I remember scrolling through Instagram, and I don't know how Instagram works. Like, you know, when you go to their main page, it shows all these runners. And there was a lot of gifted runners, but I noticed that there wasn't much people of color. I had people, Native women, who were following my personal account, and I would see their stories. And so one day I decided, you know what, I'm going to start an account called Native Woman Running so that I could highlight Native Woman Runners because I saw that lack of representation. And so I started it one day and just let the followers who were Native Women like know about it. And then it's actually going really well because I feel like our stories are so rich and that they need to be heard and that Native women stories should be highlighted as well. And I want them to be celebrated. So that's why I started that count, because I wanted it to be something where we can build community, build inspiration, and just be there for each other. And and something that you said on um, when we connected last was that it's really important for you to share like you said, celebrate the other women and share some of the positive sides of, of running and, and these women's lives? And and why is that for you? Well, I think because Native people in general, we are um, a lot of times we're looked at as people who are, have a lot of problems, you know, alcoholism, you know, just addiction, you know, poverty, especially in the in areas where the reservation or even places in the cities, there's always a negative label on Native people. And Native women are supposed to be sacred, you know, but we have a lot against us, you know. There's a lot of violence against Native women, and there's a lot of negativity, I think, just uplifting these stories, positive stories of how women may have, you know, training for a race and them being able to qualify for Boston or complete a 100-mile race or simply a 5K and being able to celebrate brings that positive, like, to Native women running, but also to their community, to their kids, or to whoever the impact. I feel like there's not enough out there about that. So I want to highlight that. Trauma, healing, hope, despair, all these can exist in one person, in one community. 
Verna herself left home to go to school in Oklahoma as a teenager because her older sister, who she loves deeply and who stepped into the role as matriarch of the family, thought it best for her not to be around an environment of addiction and poverty. It seems like news stories and media like to lead with and sensationalize these stories, but they don't always do a good job acknowledging the why behind it all. I really can't pretend to be an expert here, but I'm inclined to say it's because the why isn't pretty, because it didn't happen that long ago, and because it continues today. Just one example is the long walk. From 1864 to 1866, the U.S. Army forced more than 10,000 Navajo and Mescalero Apache to march 450 miles to a reservation, which was essentially a prison. Nearly one-third in turn there died of disease, exposure, and hunger, not to mention those who were killed on the walk. As much as white Americans, like myself, are tempted to bury this all in the past, the why of colonialism and its effects continue today. But back to Verna. Verna is creating a place on Instagram where she can uplift stories of Native women runners. You don't have to share any if you if you don't want to, um, but just wondering if any of these positive stories come to mind, like when you think about the account and the people that you've uplifted through it. There's one gal, um, you know, of course, I won't say her name, but she um, I, I think I just started following her. And then I noticed that she would always say, like, this is for you, son. And as I kind of I messaged her and I asked her do you mind sharing a little bit more? And she had lost her son. Um, I'm not sure how, but she now dedicates like each of her like running, whether it be like a race or just like just a casual run. And she always uh, hashtags her son or says, this is for my son. I run for him. And I think for her, that's been her healing as running has been her healing. That's been really neat to see. And I think there's a lot of women that that share that, like they understand that. And because there's a lot of loss and a lot of trauma. And so I think in that way, running has really helped because um, even so for me, I think just growing up in really difficult things, like even now, I feel like sometimes it happened so long ago, you know, but I believe some of that it's OK to still grieve and so there'll be like sometimes where I'm running and something will come to my mind where, and I think where I'm like crying, you know, and I think that's why running outdoors and just being out there has really helped heal a lot of the women and what they're going through. But, you know, they have, there's just so many different journeys. It's, it's really exciting to see that and to be part of that. As Native women, we consider, like, sometimes when I post or talk to message the women on Native Woman Running, I always call them sisters because they are my sisters. And those who are missing or murdered, we may not know them. They might be from a different reservation or a different tribe from where we came from, but they are, they're our sisters. Like, it's almost like they're family.
When Verna talks about murdered and missing Indigenous women, she's talking about the fact that Native women are murdered at a rate 10 times higher than other ethnicities, and mostly by non-Native people on Native-owned land. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention Homicide states that it's the third leading cause of death for Native women, and four out of five women are affected by violence today. And while the numbers do tell a story, statistics can be another way to distract and to distance ourselves. So it's worth repeating. Four out of five Native women are affected by violence. Verna wanted to do something about it, to raise awareness for her sisters. But as a mother of four, she doesn't have the means or the time to attend marches. So she teamed up with Red Earth Running Company, a Native American running company that she's an ambassador for, to launch a virtual run. It's a simple, accessible concept. You sign up and run on May 5th to honor and raise awareness for murdered and missing Indigenous women. As we started advertising, it was amazing how many like messages I got because people were like, how do I register? What do I pay for? You know, and I'm like, nothing. <laughs> you know, it's free. I said, we will have T-shirts available, which uh, Red Earth helped me design. Part of the portion of that proceeds went to Urban Indian Health, which is out in Seattle, who they do a lot of the studies on murdered and missing. And so it just snowballed. And just being able to share, like, this is all you have to do is run as many miles as you want on May 5th, run anywhere and just hashtag us and wear red. And that's what they did. And it, it exploded. <laughs> I mean, to get so many messages and everything that day was incredible. Like I had women from Germany running. I had people in um, Australia we had just people running all over the world in honor of murdered and missing. And I think of what I got and the response I got, I felt like, I mean, it was anyone who could just, they feel like they were part of this. And then people in different areas were organizing group runs. There's a group called Indigenous Volunteers out in Tucson, and they hosted a 5K murdered and missing there was a group out in Arizona where they just got together and they ran together. So there was just different groups forming that day. And then if you go on Native Woman Running and you scroll back, you could see these photos of just people running everywhere and wearing red. And so it was just really neat to see. And the response was amazing. And I did one here in the cities and we had Peggy Flanagan, the lieutenant governor, come and talk about the Minnesota Task Force of Murdered and Missing. So it was really neat to, for, for her to just come to this little run that I had here mm. in Minneapolis. And for her to show up was such an honor because she's part of this, too. So it's really exciting. I'm, I mean, when I talk about it, you know, I'm excited for the next year, you know, our second annual, I guess, virtual run. Yeah, I think about how, you know, as the inaugural run, that sounds like such a success and and it's just probably going to be have a multiplier effect each year. Yes. The people from Indigenous Volunteers out in uh, Tucson, I mean, they sent me pictures of their run that day uh, as a thank you to me. And it was it was just neat to see these photos of men, women, everyone of different colors who were, were doing this because 
I want everyone to be a part of it, not like just saying this is my thing. I'm just going to do it. You know, this is mine. You know, no, it's everybody's. Vera doesn't just want to raise awareness. She also wants to use her platform to educate women on how to keep themselves safe. Running and safety, those are two things that you obviously talk about running, but you have brought safety as part of the conversation on Native women running. Um, And that's something that you're really passionate about. I am. I am. I think a lot of people, I think which is nothing wrong with it is, you know, we, there's a lot of awareness. And I think a lot of people, when they find the awareness, they want to, I think it's important that they get educated on what's going on. I, I don't really hear much people talking about prevention. Like, what are we going to do about this? How can we not become a number? The circumstances, I mean, it's, it's hard because I think, and Native women, like I said, there's a lot of different, they have violent, you know, crimes against them. There's an violence and all these cases, there's just so many different circumstances. In the area that I live, um, back in New Mexico, it's very isolated and the nearest towns are very spread. And while I was home, my sister was telling me a story. She said there was two girls who were twins, they were walking home and she said, no one ever, they, they went missing and no one ever knew what happened to them. And a lot of these, these cases that happen, there's no investigation. There's a lot of jurisdiction. There's a lot of things. And so I feel like what can we do to, to help or just not become a number. And so just being able to talk to a company about the issues and the numbers of murdered and missing, I want women to be safe, like outdoors. Like I really, you know, Native Women Running, we have almost like 5,000 followers. Like, I feel like I care for these like mm-hmm. ladies all the time. You know, like, I feel like I'm, I'm such a mom. You know, I want everybody to be safe. She's teamed up with Sabre, a company that makes safety products like pepper spray and personal alarms to offer a discount to followers of Native women running. And she talks about safety there, too, what you can do, and also sharing scarier moments to help other women recognize when something could be amiss. I know, like any woman, we have to worry about this. It's something we have to, it's reality for us. And so I think that's why I feel such a passion for it that, you know, we have this against us as Native women, but what can we do to prevent it? Be armed with some kind of protection is what I'm trying to get my followers to have, because I know a lot of them are very outdoors. I have a lot of them who go hiking alone. And these areas on the reservation are very isolated or you're in the city. And I think it's just one of my desires. Like, I care for you. I want you to be safe. This is a question that I don't like getting, so feel free to not (laughs) answer uh, because it can be hard when you're busy and you're just focused on, like, what's right in front of you. But, you know, if you have any hopes for for Native women running, you know, looking forward, uh, we'd love to hear 
hear about them, like what you're excited about for, for the future of, of what you've built. Yes. Um, right now, I'm in. I'm working with someone. We're in the process of getting a website up. Great. Uh, and then, I, and I am not tech savvy. I have no like knowledge of this kind of stuff. It's just when you're growing pretty fast, <laughs> you're, you're like, I probably should think about this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and just I think having people behind me who know you have a good thing going. I think you should try something, or you should. The confidence that people have. So one of the things is starting a website and also creating a, a store. Red Earth Running Company has been able to help me with some merchandise, like my first T-shirts and stickers. And the women that wear my T-shirts or get a sticker, I think there's something about feeling pride. Like, you know what? Hey, you know, what? I'm a native woman and I can run, you know, <laughs> and I want those women to feel empowered by that when they wear my shirt or when they have a sticker. And so that is in the process. So I'm working with someone with that. So hopefully from there, it'll just kind of just grow into connecting more Native women. Hopefully I want to do like kind of a blog there, like sharing stories, like highlighting a story or highlighting reviews on like gear, like running gear that um, people have a lot of questions, especially uh, running in the winter. Mm -hmm. People think I'm such an expert (laughs) on that because I run in the snow. Um, But, you know, there's gear that has worked and not worked for me. And, you know, in the future, future, I really want to be able to create like different running groups all over. I have a lot of women who want to take leadership in that and, and start a running community in their area. Um, I had a girl reach out to me from Canada who wants to do something like that and telling me, how do I do it? How do I start, you know, start a running group in my area? So I think women want to feel connected. They feel connected on Instagram and on Native Women Running, but I think they want to feel connection too with those in their community. And I think that is what is hopefully more in the future. Yeah, just getting our name out there and sharing these stories is is hopefully what draws people to it. One of the things that someone messaged me was, I feel like a belonging here. I feel like a belong here. That someone looks like me and they can do this. And I think that's really neat to 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 see or hear, you know, to hear and I always tell people that the motivation is always my daughter. She's 7. And I want her someday to look at a trail running magazine or runner's world and see someone that looks like her and say, you know what? Hey, she looks like me. I can do this. So that's kind of been my motivation. And so hopefully Native Woman Running, it's growing and that I know good things will continue to happen. So I'm excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think think about your your little girl and the fact that running running's in her blood right like it's just been passed down for generations yeah and just her you know sometimes she doesn't understand why I leave so early or you know it's my kids always tease me about running so much but I know for the one of them you know I have a few of them that run that hopefully (laughs) they continue (laughs) that they do it because I'm like you're so young you should start now because I didn't start till like you know later in my life and some people, some Native people have been running since they were so young. And I just didn't do that. 
And so I speak for those who started later in life. So, um, but yeah, there's this kind of this resilience and um, the Navajo people, they tell you to, you know, one of our teachings is you, you get up early and you get up early so you can greet the sunrise and that you run towards it. That's kind of one of the teachings, which I never really understood. But now that I do that, I'm like, ah, this makes sense. You know, this makes sense now. One thing that I noticed on your personal Instagram account where you share a lot of running tips, a lot of personal running stories, um, you also shared, I don't don't know how many times, but you've shared a photo of yourself as a little girl. And I wonder why and, and what you want to keep reminding her of, even, you know, obviously it's you, but grown up, it's just, it seems really special to me. I think my childhood, I, I, it was, it was tough, you know, um, just the trauma, you know, losing your, your father at a young age and not understanding. And, you know, there's, there was a lot of things I, even now I have to talk to my sister about and say, did this happen? Like, you know, flashbacks. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think just that reminder of like, you may like, I hope I don't get emotional. I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> like you made it. It's almost like you did it. Like, like you could have, like, I could have made wrong choices. Like I could have been like this, like, Oh, victim, like, woe is me. But to remind this little girl, like you actually did it, you made it. So I think that's kind of like, despite what was going on in your life and the stuff that you saw or the stuff that you experienced that you were able to like climb that mountain and then you were able to pass through it. I think it's kind of like a reminder to me that, that I, I did it and that I'm still going, that I've changed a lot of the, you know, having siblings that broke a lot of the, the cycle of addiction and them and their credit of like who I am today. And that despite all of it, they loved me and they took care of me as much as they could. And like today I'm like, I'm forever grateful for that. So I think, yeah, I think just sharing that. This past Monday was Indigenous Peoples Day. There are a lot of resources out there to learn more about Indigenous people and the land we're exploring on. I'll list a few in the show notes and via the episode landing page on she-explorers.com. You can find Native Women Running on Instagram at native underscore women underscore running and Verna at H-O-Z-H-O runner four. Thank you for taking the time to talk. Thanks, too, to Jalen Goff of Native Women's Wilderness for introducing Verna and myself. Thank you as well to our sponsors, Smartwool and Steo. As always, links are listed on the episode landing page and via she-explorers.com. If you enjoy listening to She Explorers, it'd be so great if you showed your support by leaving a review wherever you listen or by sharing it with a friend. And a way to reach out and to connect with other listeners of the show is to join our She Explorers podcast Facebook group. 
There people ask great questions, get gear advice, trip advice. Um, really nothing's off limits. Uh, and it's a really wonderful way to connect with past guests of the show and with myself. I'm on there every single day. Music is by Josh Woodward, Swelling, Kay Angle, and Mom Plazier. Until next week, have fun out there. <laughs>